Welcome to the Help for Wounded Spirits. This podcast exists to reach those wounded and suffering through life's trials. And now your hosts, Dr. Doug Carriger and Mrs. Stephanie Wesco. Hey, great to be back with you folks. And we continue on with these podcasts this week. We've been in the book of Proverbs chapter 21. We've been honored to have Pastor Stephen Cox with us, the pastor of Bible Baptist Church in Simpsonville, South Carolina. So make sure you look him up on Twitter or Facebook and follow him, see what's going on over there. Just a great church. If you get close by, make sure you stop on by and uh, go to church over there with the brethren. And uh, as we move along, so pastor, we've been doing a word of the day. And this next word, I mean, this is a word for a pastor right here. So uh, we cover a word, you know, again, trying to help people with PTSD, finding these words that have different connotations, different meanings to different people. So we actually cover the word and what it means to us. And and more importantly, what we see the Bible saying it, it means to God. So we want to do that with you and try to give you some practical feeling with that or whatever. The first word, we, uh, the word we're going to look at today here on this Thursday is the word church. And um, so talking about that, Pastor, what comes to your mind when I use that word church? You being the pastor of the Bible Baptist Church there. Well, our three previous word of the day, uh, starting with Monday, was love, joy, and then friendship. And all of them can be found in a local New Testament church. Yeah. Um, I associate some of my greatest friends, uh, Doug, are, are a part of our church. Um, uh, church to me is, um, it is where I hear about Jesus. It's uh, where I get to feed the flock of God, being the pastor. Uh, I get to uh, preach and worship the Lord. Now, I can worship the Lord uh, any day, and we should every day of the, uh, right. of the week. We ought to worship. But when the very word church, ecclesia in the Greek, it's a called-out assembly. Right. I think everyone should be a part of a local New Testament church. Me too. And you ought to be a member there. You ought to serve there. It's often we get to serve God through our local church. I'm a very uh, huge fan of the local church. Any ministry that's not in, under a local church, I, I kind of wonder about it because right. uh, we need that authority in our life. We need the church in our life. We need to go and and seek the Lord there at the church and hear uh, the Word of God preached, and we can pray together and, and corporately worship together and and uh, hurt together and, and have victories together. All these things can be found in our local church. And the church, um, you know, during 2020, uh, COVID, you know, it kind of went virtual. A lot of churches did. Yeah. Um, and uh, we, we saw when the church stopped gathering, the effects of what happened to the world after that the months yeah. leading uh, or after preceding that uh, is we, we found out the church is essential. Absolutely. It's essential to life. It's essential to marriages. We've been talking about marriage a little bit and all the choices we make. Church is essential uh, to those things. It's where we learn about God. And so um, I, I think it's very, very and important. It, and it does. It goes with those words so well, you know, love and uh, joy and friendship and uh, I mean, my friends are at church. Yeah. I look forward to Sunday morning. Right, I, you know, I and I think you guys know my routine. But every morning at six o'clock, I'm doing six miles. I mean, that's 
that's just who I am. I'm in the Word of God. I have stuff going on. I'm usually walking. I maybe run the last mile and a half or so. My body's just too old to run these days. But I got a good, and let me tell you, on Sundays, there's an extra step in there. There's, uh, I'm feeling really good about myself. I'm thinking about the hymns I'm going to be part of. I can be out on the road preaching. I'm thinking about the church I'm going in, in between everything I listen to on a podcast, my prayers. I'm praying for that church because I realize that, that, that Christ loved the church so much, you know. And, uh, uh, and, and you know what, folks, this is what I know. Before I was a member of a local church, was I saved? Yeah. But everything stopped right there in my life. There was no growth. Uh, you know, I wasn't making friends. I wasn't learning from one another. And, you know, one of the things that I wasn't doing is I wasn't giving back. God wasn't using me to help other people, to bring people to church, to see those things. And I know some of us have a bad connotation in our system about church. And you guys know that I had a bad pastor there in my life. And I'm certain, except for brother Stephen here, who's had his dad and him as his pastor, um, you know, that most people, there's something weird in there. There's some goofy people. And we're going to, we're going to admit to that. We're going to put it out there right now that some of you had a bad time at church and some of you may be in a bad church right now, but here's the great news. God doesn't say you have to stay somewhere, you know, you can move down the road to another church that's better. But you know, when you're in a good church, I mean, when God shows up every service, when your pastor's been on his knees praying and fasting and coming up with sermons and sitting down at his pad and researching that out and doing those things, boy, can God change your life. God uses the Holy Spirit to take those words. He, he illuminates them within our heart. We get to see things that are crystal clear. You don't get that sitting at home looking at a television set. No. You don't get that listening to a podcast. You don't get that listening to somebody from afar. Folks, it's so important, and I, and I don't mean to make this sound like I'm picking on you to the contrary I want to uh, I want to encourage you and say listen church is really important and we can help you find a church you know I love I helped uh, I think 200 people last year find a church so you know make sure you write me at Doug at woundedspirits.com say this is where I live I need a church uh, we'll get a pastor on the phone with you well, you know we can do whatever you want and uh, we've certainly done that time and time again. Almost every day, we're hooking somebody up with a church. So we wanted to talk about church and let you know, even though there's some negative connotations, I'm here to tell you that I had a terrible pastor. He took over for a great pastor, and and, and he just didn't like me. And I, I, I've said to you before that the you know, the mental abuse, the speaking and stuff, I, I would have been happier just getting punched in the head or something. But you know what? I left the church. And when I left that church... Man, God changed everything. When you're in that right church, when you're in that pastor that's got that love, when you're in that pastor that, with the pastor that's got that joy, when you're, when you're there with a pastor who's real, when you're there with a pastor who's working with his family, man, God can change you. So I want to encourage you that. I want to encourage you with this one verse, not forsaking the assembling of ourselves, all of us together, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. So church is about exhorting one another. There's encouragement there, looking out for one another, and so much more as you see the day approaching. There's a day where uh, the Lord's coming back. Jesus is coming back with a shout and a trump. Over in Revelation, over in uh, chapters 4 and 5, in chapter 4, it talks about the Lord's voice being that of a trumpet. I mean, well, I don't know what the shout and trump's going to be like. I think it's just the Lord. He's not using an instrument, praise God. But before that day comes, we don't want to be forsaken the assembly we want to learn as much as we can about god and uh we want to we want to plug in yeah if you've if you've had a bad experience at church yeah uh there's a lot of folks i would say doug that a large percentage of our church that has come to to, to bible baptist since i've been there a lot of them have had a bad experience with church oh yeah 
And uh, the more you talk to people, you will find out they they sat under something that was not whether it be uh, right. you know mean and spirited or scandals or whatever. But don't give up on church. Yeah, you know, we are broken. We're 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 sin sinners, and yeah. people make mistakes. There's no perfect church because we're in it. And so, with that being said, if you are in a bad situation, the best thing to do is just pray and get out. Yeah, and, and go find a church that's loving and tender and compassionate, and, and, and they're and, out there. And sometimes, you know, God wiggles our nest a little bit. Yeah. Sometimes God wants us to get out and move to that church down the road. And what Pastor saying is absolutely true. We've had a few churches in this area, like every area has, that's just went off the rails along the way. And uh, and folks can be a member of a church that's great for many, many years. A new guy comes in. That's what happened to me. Uh, and uh, a new guy comes in, and, and man, it changes everything. But you know what? I think God shook that nest up so I have what I have today. And uh, I think God does that. So we're excited about that. Folks, we're uh, about eight minutes in. We, so we got a few minutes before the break. So we want to go ahead and move along right into the 21st proverb, right into verse number 11. When the scorner is punished, the simple is made wise. And when the wise is instruction, he receiveth knowledge. So we talk about that scorner. We, we talk about that person. Uh, some people use the term scoffer. Uh, we're, we're talking about somebody, there's almost a deliberate act when you got a scorner, somebody who's deliberately uh, going out of the way to be less than agreeable, to be a problem child, uh, to hurt you, to hurt others, to hurt themselves. I don't know, but when that scorner comes along, you know, and uh, uh, it, the Bible tells us something about it. It says they're, they're punished, and then the simple from that, so God has to sometimes punish some folks. God sometimes has to have some punishment happen. And through that, uh, this wise, good stuff's coming along. We receive it, knowledge, and, uh, uh, and, and good things happen. And uh, the simple are made wise. I, I don't know. It's just so important to us. And I love that God instructs the wise. I love that wisdom comes out of that, Pastor. Yeah, I think that uh, there's a lot in that one verse that we can learn uh, when they are scared. When the scorner is punished, we can use that example and say, you know what, that's something I don't want to ever go through. And we learn from that. I believe the reason that the crime rate is up and out the roof in some of these areas of the country is because crime is no longer being punished like it should. Yeah. And so people look and say, man, it's not that bad. But wise people will look at that and say it's still wrong. Right. And and when someone is punished or should be punished, we look at that and learn from that mistake and say, I, I use these conversations a lot, Doug, with my boy. He's he's uh, almost 17 years old, and my daughter, who's who just turned 15. And I'll set them down sometimes, and we'll hear something on the news and see how someone uh, is is being punished or what whatever crime they've committed or whatever. And I'll look at them, whether it be drugs, whether it be uh, you know murder, whether it be – and I'll say, you know what, somewhere along the way, this young man or young woman got with the wrong crowd and made some bad choices, and now they're being punished for the decisions that they made. Yeah. And some of these people are being punished for things being associated with the wrong crowd. Right. And so, you know, we as, as, as supposedly wise people that are, that are reading the Proverbs, we're Christians, we're saved, we should be wise enough to look at the scorner and say, that's not what I want to be. That's not the life that I want to live. I'm checking out of this. I, I don't want to be that person that has contempt. I don't want to be that person that's trying to hurt people. Yeah. And uh, we're going to talk about those kind of people in just a second. We're going to go ahead and uh, go to our break, and we'll be right back with you, and we'll continue to talk about this.
Folks, it's great to be back with you. And, uh, you know, we think, of, we think about that as Corner. And, you know, Pastor, what just came to my mind is Alexander the coppersmith. What just came to my mind yeah. is sometimes, you know, the punishment's there. It's coming. God doesn't miss things. And, uh, you know, Paul certainly dealt with Scythians and all these other different people in his life. And, you know, we just move along. And God's going to punish these things. God can keep score. And, yeah, he does. He keeps score. He knows what's going on. He doesn't miss anything. No. And, uh, uh, you know, what? happens in Vegas, it doesn't stay in Vegas, folks. No, it doesn't. Uh, God sees everything. And here we are over in Proverbs 21 and verse number 12. It says, the righteous man wisely considereth the house of the wicked, but God overthroweth the wicked for their wickedness. And, and I mean, that comes right out. And it, it talks about we have a righteous God. We have a God that he's not going to be involved with wickedness. And, uh, uh, you know, and, and so we're told here, a righteous man wisely considereth the house of the wicked. So he's thinking to himself, hey, I don't want to be part of that. I, I'm not going to deal with that. Uh, but God overthroweth the wicked for their wickedness. So again, God keeping score. God's going to overthrow the wicked. You know, things may not happen today. We may not have this guy who hurt us today, hurt our church, doing us wrong, ruining our country. I mean, we can make a list of 3,000 things that may come to our mind on any given day. But God's keeping score. And God's about wisdom, and God is not about wickedness. He knows what's going on. That's right. And and a, and a, I love the front part of that verse where it says he wisely considereth, and mm-hmm. he he takes the time to consider what's going on in that wicked house. And I I feel like as a parent, I need to have wisdom. I've got four children. I need to have wisdom in raising godly children. Yeah. And considering the house of the wicked, and saying, you know what, as an example. I, I was raised, as you mentioned in prior um, episodes, I, I had been raised in a preacher's home. Uh, my dad uh, worked in a bus ministry, and so he would take me on Saturdays, and we would go visiting in these these communities. And often they were poor communities. Yeah. Uh, they were communities that had been ravaged by crime and drugs and things. We we're trying to get those kids and, and tell them about Jesus and families. and uh, But often we would see things. I'll never forget driving down the road, my dad... Uh, there was a man who was uh, in the ditch, and he was uh, shaking uh, beer cans and bottles, and he was just seeing if there was any alcohol left in them. Mm. And he would just turn them up. And, and I went by, and I was looking and staring, and my dad said, Son, you see that man? And I said, Yes, sir. And he said, Sin's what has, has ruined that man's life. He needs Christ. And uh, he said, Son, by the grace of God, that could be us. Like, that could be you. And so we need to wisely consider uh, you know what? What has what what has caused this in this house of the wicked? Think about it. What's what's made that happen? And so, uh, I, I think it's a very great, just yeah. a wonderful thought that's brought out of that verse number twelve. Because God is in control. He's sovereign. He overthroweth the house of the wicked. Sometimes when we think things are so wicked, yeah. God's in control. And, and very practical what you said there. I'm thinking about my kids. It's all right to have a fear of things like that yeah. and, to, and to stop and think these things through and pray them through and say, is this a place that I want my kids spending the night? Is this yeah. a place where and yeah. it, we, we have to do that? Yeah, and, absolutely. Uh, you know, we, there's only one chance at doing the right thing. And, uh, and, and folks, I, I believe that's a very important thing. And then we see over here in verse number 13, whosoever stoppeth, stoppeth his ears, so you're shutting your ears, you're not listening, the cry of the poor, he also shall cry himself, but shall not be heard. So, you know, here's God talking about what you were just talking about, too. We can 
Go in those neighborhoods, and boy, we can shut down. We cannot listen to the cry of the poor. We can say, well, we're not going to run the buses over on this side of Simpsonville because, you know, those kids aren't going to have any money. They're not going to be able to do anything for us. And if we're not careful, we start legislating and trying to think things out and adding numbers to them and things like that. And and God's saying, I mean, this this verse doesn't finish well. No. When your crying comes, you're not going to be heard. No. And, and, and the, the Bible says, blessed is he that considereth the poor. Mm. So, you know, Jesus came. He didn't even, he, he said, foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man had no place to lay his head. So even our own Savior was, was basically homeless while he was here on this earth, just living from house to house. He stayed at Peter's mother-in-law's house there and, and didn't have a home to call his own. Yeah. Um, you know, you would think that the, the Jesus Christ, the King of Kings, would have a place to live. And yet he came as a poor man yeah. who would uh, was a friend of sinners, and he went to the poor. And, and as a church, you know, if you read that early church uh, history and you read the book of Acts, you know, they, they were ones that people brought all of their goods and they would distribute to those that were in need. I think in our American culture, we have based churches on their facilities and how nice they are and how much money they have in the bank. And right. and we have gotten away from New Testament as the word of the day, the words church. We Churches have gotten away from reaching the poor. Right. And a lot of church. I get the privilege of preaching in lots of churches throughout the year. And, and um, you know, I, we should never get away from being a beacon in our community where people can reach out and having food pantries or helping people. Because here's the deal. As the economy keeps getting crazy, our churches need to step up. And, and I believe where the government overstepped, and I may be saying a little bit much, but I think where the government overstepped with their programs, welfare and different things like that, uh, the church kind of backed off. Yeah, that's right. And, and the church used to do that. The church used to have programs. Food for, collection and yeah. help people find a job. Yeah. And, and so when churches stop and they shut their ears at the cry of the poor, the fatherless, we took up a big offering uh, Sunday for this ministry called God is My Dad. Sean Tice is a, a great friend. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, Sean. Yeah. Well, well, he has a ministry to the fatherless. Amen. And often those people are are because he was abandoned as a, as a little baby. His dad just dropped him off, and and yeah. And so uh, he, here we we stop the cry. The people are out crying out, and that's what they're doing right now. They're crying out in our communities. Hey, we need help. We need help. And when churches and when preachers and when Christians shut their ears to that, when our needs come up, yeah, they will not be heard. That's right. And, and, you know, that's, I think that's what we talk about in the ministry of being, that's a, that's a bottom line church right there. You know, what's the bottom line on this? Is there, is there investment in this? And is there something that, you know, we're going to get out of the long run? Well, there's an awful lot you're going to get out of the long run. You're going to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with people who've never heard it before. You're going to see people's lives change. You're going to see, uh, you're going to see God change families. I mean, if this, if this nation's going to change, uh, if, if this nation's going to change, it's going to start with the individual. It's going to start with us being on our knees and begging God. If my people who are called by my name shall humble themselves and pray and, and seek my face, and, and I don't want to get the whole verse wrong, but it's saying there's a few things we need to do. And it starts with humility. It starts with worrying about those kids down the road. It starts with making sure they're eating. It starts with making sure we get them over to church. And sometimes we feed them their only meal on Sunday. 
Uh, you know, yeah. so th- there's some work in that, man. There's ladies at church working. There's men at church working. I mean, there's a box of candy for the front of the bus. There's, there's smiles. There's things that happen that change lives, <laughs> man. We can't push away from that. Yeah, so my dad, a, a neat story. My dad, of course, I said earlier, has a bus ministry at his church, yeah. 16 bus routes. And wow. uh, there's hundreds of kids that come every Sunday. He feeds them hot dogs Amen. every Sunday. Praise God! Every Sunday they get a they get a meal, potato chips and, and a hot dog, and and people have asked. He said, I, "I've lost number of how many hot dogs our our ladies have made." There's a crew they rotate, but there's a crew that cooks hot dogs in the mornings and and gives to every bus. And and someone asked my dad because all the 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 hundreds of thousands of dollars in forty years have been spent on just feeding. And my dad said this one Sunday, years ago, a little boy got on his church bus. And he come and he sat down behind him, and, and my mom was on the bus, and the boy started crying, and, he, and she said, honey, what's wrong? And he said, I, he wouldn't tell her, and the sister came up and said, uh, he's crying because he's hungry. Mm. And she said, we haven't had any food in a couple of days. And so my dad said, well, I wonder how many more bus kids are hungry. So he went, they made breakfast that morning for that little boy and his sister, and he said, from here on out, by God's grace, we're going to have food for these kids and feed them every week. And they've got a large ministry there to, to, to feed families and people, you know, uh, just amazing. And he's always been burdened about feeding folks that are, that, that are poor. And that's a great burden to have. Let me yeah. tell you, you want the love of God to shine through you? Take care of folks. Yes. Look out for folks. And I'm a hot dog guy, man. I, I am I'm, too. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry I heard about that. You know, if I'm driving through there, I got to get a dog. But but I, I will say this. We, we were at a church. We were members of a church up in Alexandria, Virginia. I was a bus captain, and I filled my bus three times. Mm. So I had to get to the point where I had ladies coming in and feeding people. On that, and I'd go to the worst part of town on that first bus load. And then the second bus load, I'd go to the other side of base. They were all fed. And I'd bring them in, and there'd be a little Danishes and stuff. But the ladies were feeding eggs and stuff to the first bus. Then the third bus, I mean, they were out of the colonel's houses and stuff like that up there in Fort Belvoir. And we'd load those kids in. We fed every single one of them after church. And we would we would go ahead and rally. And finally, I got one of the other bus drivers to take a second route. But we fed kids. We said, we're going to feed these kids. You know, not only are we going to feed them with the food of life, we're going to share the word of God with them. Yeah. We did simple things, too. We did hot dogs. Pastor yeah. never had a problem. We said, Pastor, we got to feed these kids out of the projects. He said, you're right. Yeah. You know, you're right. We do got to feed them. Yeah. And, uh, and you know what? The stores gave us a deal. Yeah. They said, listen, well, you know, we'll give you 25% off everything if you feed in those kids. Yeah. And, and they gave us condiments for free and all that. Folks, the time just flies by whenever we're doing this. Listen, if we can help you, please make sure you contact us at Helpful Wounded Spirits Facebook page. Drop us a private message. Again, you can find Pastor Stephen Cox out there on Facebook or Twitter. Drop him a line if you'd like to talk to him. You can find me at Doug at WoundedSpirits.com. Make sure you send us something. Tell us how you're doing, where you're from. We want to make sure we get a hold of you. Hey, listen, listen to every word old brother Eric's got to say about knowing Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And today when you're out there, make sure you wear the smile that only God can give you. May God bless you. We'll talk to you real soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. It is very important to all of us at Help for Wounded Spirits that you know your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The Bible is very clear with a simple salvation message. You can know today. 
First, you're a sinner, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Second, there's a price on sin, for the wages of sin is death. Third, Jesus paid that price for you. But God commendeth his love toward us, in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. Lastly, you must speak it with your mouth and believe it with your heart that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made known unto salvation. Simply ask the Lord to save you in Jesus' name while believing in your heart, and he will. Please contact us if we can help you in any way. God bless you. Doug and Stephanie, thank you for listening today. We hope this podcast has been a blessing in your life. For helpful resources, more information, or to donate to help this vital ministry, visit us at WoundedSpirits.com.